All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And something new that we are going to start, hopefully every Friday, this Friday and every Friday, uh, where I have reached out to some just regular average Joe uh, Colorado Avalanche fans and going to have them on the show just kind of talk about themselves why they're Avalanche fans kind of memories with the Avalanche whatever they want to talk about so uh, we're going to keep this going as long as we possibly can um, I do have about four people lined up right now so uh, for the next month or so and if we can continue it after that by all means I will do this every Friday I think we're going to just call it Fandom Friday um, yeah and See where that goes. Should be good. So this is kind of the opening it up to the masses of the Avalanche crowd. Get them involved. Get them on the show. And have them speak their mind uh, about everything Avalanche. So uh, we're going to do that in a few minutes. But like uh, we do every day, follow the show social media on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. <coughs> on Instagram. Just search for Locked On Avalanche, and of course, send your emails to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. If this is something that you want to do, <clears throat> excuse me, something that you want to be a part of, shoot me an email and say that you want to get on the show, and we'll have you on at some point. We'd love to have anybody on here that wants to be on. Anyway, um, so kind of a couple of um, news bits that come out. Earlier in the day, Ryan Lindgren, obviously, no suspension, no penalty, no fine, no nothing. It's like it never happened. Um, But we know that it did happen, and we know that Nazem Kadri pretty much laid the punishment down. I don't understand how you – I mean, first of all, I don't understand how there's no penalty. Uh, Second of all, looking at the replay, I sent a tweet out saying – they must have gotten the wrong video because they they say that he hit him in his core. Clearly, he hit him in his head. Uh, they say they he took a right angle. Fine, that's the only thing I will grant you is he took a right angle. But uh, they said he didn't have any upward movement. He absolutely had upward movement. Um, and and there's a direct shot to his head. He he came off the ice ever ever so slightly. I'm not even really gonna get upset about him. Coming off the ice, players are gonna do that in in, in the littlest fraction of a bit, um, and I think that's what uh, his skates came up just a, the tiniest bit. But um, that was that was a malicious hit intended to hurt him, and it obviously did. Um, so Jonas Donskoy is now in the concussion protocol, and I think it's gonna be a little while before we see him again. Um, it, it's just it's it's a Sad, fortunate events, but it ended. And I hate saying this because, like I said, I'm not a violent person by any stretch of the imagination. Nazem Kadri took the law into his own hands, and he did what he had to do. So we sit here and we applaud you, Nazem, because that was uh, taking care of your players. If the league is not going to take care of your player, and if the refs aren't going to take care of a player, um, then the teammates have to. And that's a guy that I want on my team. So... um, yeah, pretty much that that is what it is. No punishment, no harm, no foul, no nothing. Um, <clears throat> other than that, Philip Grubauer um, came out with some comments today. 
um, basically, eesh, I mean, it's, it, it, it's rough wordage that he used. I'm trying to look for the exact quote. But he said um, something to the effect of, well, this is going to happen when, when we give up 35 to uh, 40 shots a game. So I don't know if that's the right thing to say. You're basically throwing your, uh, your defense under the bus. And Jared Bednar has come out and said he's basically going to go. It sounds like he's going to go to like a platoon style of, of goaltending. Um, I think we need to keep in mind that Philip Grubauer has won this job based on a little over a month of playing well. Um, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the job. He absolutely does. But he played well to end last season. And before that, this is what they did when it was him and, and Semyon Varlamov. They were going back and forth between these two guys. And it was at the end of the year where Grubauer stood head and shoulders above Varlamov for the starting job, and we are where we are now. It's not like he has had a full season or multiple seasons um, in performing of this you know, all-star caliber. He's played well, um, and, and right now he's he's struggling and I just feel like Pavel Francouz is is the way to go right now. <clears throat> I know they want to give Grubauer every opportunity. He's your starting guy. You don't want to make it seem like you've given up on him. But um I think at this stage in the game you either have to just utilize m- both of them more often and I would lean toward Francouz. He he's he's been more consistent over the f- the season than Grubauer has. Um, and yeah, is it all Grubauer's fault? No, the, the defense has not played well lately. They, they're not giving up 35 to 40 shots per game. So where he came up with that number, I don't know. I don't know if he just said it to kind of, uh, maybe get a dig at his defenders. Um, but they are getting shots on net. Um, yeah, there are some games where they're 35 to 40, but it's not rampant as much as he's thinking that it is. Um, so we, we will see. We will see where this goes. Um, we'll do a, a preview of the Pittsburgh game um, after we have our fan on. And um, we'll see who – I don't know if anybody has been named the starter. I, I'm telling you, I, w- I would lean Francois. So we will see where that goes. But for now, we are going to jump into our Fandom Friday segment. And uh, that's going to happen in a second. All right. And we are back to the Locked On podcast centered around the Colorado Avalanche and with me for the very first installment of the Fandom Friday is Aaron Music. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, Aaron, how you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing all right. How are you? Not too bad. Um, so thanks for coming on and I figured I would kind of throw it over to you to kind of just maybe ex- introduce yourself to the audience, uh, where you're from, kind of some background, um, on where you grew up and things like that. Um, I'm Aaron Music. You can find me on Twitter at Avalangelist. And I'm born and raised in Colorado. Came to follow the apps when they came here. So I've right. been around ever since then. And I used to blog a little bit, but now I'm just I'm just a fan at, at this point. I don't write anymore. Now, what did you write for, for uh, an Avalanche website? Uh, I wrote for HockeyBuzz.com for four or five years. What was that one? HockeyBuzz.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know HockeyBuzz. Okay. 
Yep. Um, and it says you are from uh, Broomfield, Colorado. So, so do you get to go to games often or? As often as I can. Not you're not like a season ticket holder or anything right now. Not at this point, but there's always plans for the future. Okay. Um, so kind of like what, what's your history with being an apps fan? Like what were you just, were you living in Colorado when they, they moved and that was just your team because you lived in Colorado or was it something specific that turned you on to the Colorado avalanche? Uh, I had a friend in, it was, I was in third grade when the avalanche came and I had a friend who was playing hockey at the time and mm. he, he introduced me to hockey through the avalanche and I just, I fell in love with the game. I fell in love with the team and I've been around it ever since. I especially right. uh, fell in love with the writers at the Denver Post, Adrian Dater and Terry Fry. Okay. All right. And, you know, it kind of helps when as soon as they move to Colorado, they win a couple standing cups, does it not? It makes it easier to cheer for them, that's for sure. <laughs> right. Uh, so as far as this season goes, that's kind of what's your, what's your take on this season, how it's going. Are you frustrated? Are you happy? Where, where are you standing right now on how this season's going so far? I'm overall really happy. They added a lot of pieces, and I feel like they're still trying to mesh in with one another. Mm-hmm. Because even uh, a bunch of those new pieces, they got so hurt and they had so many injuries, they just had to soldier on and survive. Right. And I feel like they're now just figuring out how to play with one another and figure out where X player is going to be at X time. So it's just kind of been interesting to see it all kind of come together. It's it's true. I mean, it's the, the injuries that they had early on were something like we've never seen before and they were winning despite the injuries. And now that they're healthy, it seems like they're struggling. But like you said, it's almost like the beginning of the season for them right now because they're, they're all healthy and it's January. So they're kind of learning how to play with one another. It's a good point. Yep, and I think they relaxed a little bit when everyone came back. They naturally assumed that Rantanen and Landeskog would carry them a little bit more than that than they have. Right. And I feel like that's almost bad because you need everyone rowing the same direction. Mm-hmm. The reason they were winning is because everyone on that roster was just skating and contributing. And I feel like they relaxed a little bit too much right around the middle of December. I had made a comment on yesterday's show that I, I, it seemed like they were kind of playing to the level of their opponent. Would you kind of agree with that? I think so, but I think they're also just trying to um, figure out how they want to play as a team. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying to, because they introduced so many people into this roster. I mean, they introduced a whole new second line, basically. And that's a lot to learn how to play together and how to mesh everything together. So I feel like a little bit of it is they are playing to the level of their opponent, but also a little bit of it is they're just trying to figure out who they are as a team. Yeah, it's it's true. Do you, do you feel that Jared Bednar should be kind of experimenting more with lines, or do you think he should kind of just keep the status quo and everything will kind of correct itself the more that they get more games under their belt. I'm generally happy with the way that he's doing things because he's he approaches each game differently and kind of feels out who's playing well, who isn't, and right. tries to try a new combination. And I feel like whenever you get to crunch time, late in the season, 
playoffs, that really helps out because then everyone can play with everyone. Absolutely. Yep. I, I 100% agree with that. So as far as like individual players, uh, you know, has anybody surprised you this year? Has anybody disappointed you this year? Uh, kind of individualizing players who who's kind of been uh, surprising for you and maybe on the other side of that as well. Uh, well, we all need to do a bad takes exposed when we sign Val Nichushkin because we all thought he was going to be a terrible player. He'd be at a spare forward. He wouldn't have anything to do, and he'd be blocking the prospects. Right. Turns out the prospects aren't quite ready as we thought we, they were, right. and he scored almost 10 goals. So we just need to all do a check on that and take the L, all of us. I agree. Uh, I, I also like the way Calvert is, Matt Calvert has played. Mm-hmm. Not just his production, but just his playing on the ice. He's been a real... He's just a glue presence within that locker room. You can tell every when he's not there, you can tell the shift happens a little bit. Right. Yeah. And you had mentioned uh, like these prospects and they're not as ready as we thought they were be are, that, that they would be at this moment. Does that surprise you or do you, do you feel like maybe like Kale McCarr has kind of pushed the envelope on players being ready? Like that's not normal. Uh, how NHL ready he was already. So do you feel like because of him, we're expecting uh, these other prospects that we have to develop more quickly? Well, the two specific players that we're waiting on are Shane Bowers and Martin Cow. And when you draft someone in the first round or when you get someone who was drafted in the first round like Shane Bowers was, that puts a little bit more of an expectation on the player. And right. I mean, take Tyson Jones for for instance. He's he's a regular NHL player. He's still he puts up decent numbers. He'd be a good. He looks to be a good bottom six player for his career. But because he was drafted top ten, he's we we say that he should be a top six forward. He should be scoring mm-hmm. twenty goals a year. And he's just not that player, or he isn't here. I don't know if he needs a different opportunity somewhere else, but. Right. I feel like with Shane Bowers and Martin Kaut, there have been some injuries and they just need some time to really, you, you don't want to pull them up to be ready. And this is a roster where you need to earn your spot. It's not New York where you just get a spot because they don't have the depth. It's not Ottawa. <laughs> no, if, you're right. If this was Ottawa, th- those two players would probably be in the NHL. Probably yes, I would say so. I I definitely agree with you on on Martin Cow. I I am surprised he has not uh, developed to the point where he should be up on this roster right now. Um, do you do you feel? I mean, we're coming up. We're a month and some change away from trade deadline. The Avalanche are going to be buyers. Um, what players do you think they might dangle around to kind of take in a trade? I think Tyson Jost is a trade candidate. I agree. I he, hate to say that, but I agree. He's just miscast here. Uh, they they basically already have Tyson Jost and his name's JT Comfort. Their their game is almost eerily similar. Yeah. And I just don't think you you need to have both on the roster. And given that Tyson Jost is a former top ten pick, there are general managers who always say, well, we can fix that guy. We can. We saw what he was in his draft. We can, you know, bring that out of him. We can give him more opportunity. 
And that could be true. If you give Tyson just a little more opportunity, he could be a I think he tops out at about 2020 guy. Yeah, but, and, and I think that's what the Avalanche maybe expected from him. But you could be right; it could just be a system thing. Um, you know, look look at look look at what we got with uh, Nichuskin. Um, you know, he just didn't fit in Dallas, and now he's come over here and he's yeah. he's progressed nicely. So, uh, yeah, I think I I I think man, I I don't the Avalanche give people more than enough chances. Um, so I don't know if they would hang on to him. I don't know what his contract situation's like. I should have looked that up. He's an RFA after this year, I believe. Yeah, after this year. All right. So, um, so you have club control on him for another three years, I think. That has yeah. to be replacing for another team versus a, a name that's been floated around before enough to make me think that there's something to it. Nikita Zadorov. Oh, yeah. I, I just I don't see the abs moving Zadorov yet. I think he's eventually going to go to Seattle. Never. Yeah. Whatever that expansion is. Okay. Like if you do crunch the numbers just because they have to protect Eric Johnson and that if you and the abs forward core is going to be so developed, you're going to want to do the 7-3-1 just to protect the maximum amount of right, talent. Right, right. That's okay. going to naturally leave Zadorov dangling right out there. And he is in and out of Bednar's doghouse, it seems. So I, I, mean, I think he's in and out of consistency when he's on his game, it feels like when he really wants to play, like he played against Connor McDavid and shut him down. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing player. Right. But then you play against the New York Rangers and, or uh, what was it? I think it was the Minnesota wild game. Mm-hmm. No, it was Chicago. Okay. I was at the game, and it looked like Zadorov didn't even want to be there. It, it looked like he just—he wasn't bringing the same intensity that he was against Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah, and he was uh, a healthy scratch at the beginning of this season too. So I think he uh, for—I think it was just one game, but I think Bednar constantly tries to get through to him on how he wants him to play. And like you're saying, there's times where he does, and then there's times where he doesn't. And mm-hmm. I think that's only going to play so long um for jared bednar before he kind of goes up to joe sackick and is just like you gotta move him i can't keep doing this but there's also a numbers and money game that gets played here they've got they've got mccarr who's going to get a raise they've got byron who's gonna who's probably going to be really good they've got gerard who's already locked in right eric Johnson's already bottom pair defenseman getting paid six million dollars i don't know what a care what the minutes are he's he's about impairing defensively at this point right yeah and you the number the numbers game you zadorov is probably a four or five do you really want to pay four and a half million for that Mm. or do you want to get someone who's cheaper younger and let them play that role ryan graves plays a very similar game and yet he's making three million less right when you're going to have to do the hard accounting that the ads are coming up on when Landis Gog and McKinnon need their new contracts, when McCarr does, when, if they want to get Grubauer, if they want to get a better goaltender, that's going to be more expensive. You've got to figure out ways to cut salary. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the problem that they're going to like, we're not really concerned about it too much right now, but uh, the coming years, all of these assets that the avalanche have acquired all got to get paid at some point. 
Um, so it's good, you know, Sackick is going to have to walk this tightrope on how to sign these guys and which guys he is going to have to cut ties with. And you I know, think you're right. all good teams have to do that as well. If you sure. don't, if you're not doing them because your team's not good. So exactly, exactly. So that it's it's a good point about the the expansion draft too with uh, Zadorov. That could happen if he's not traded before then, but um, we shall see. So. Uh, some predictions for the rest of the year. What do you think uh, the Avalanche will finish out at? I, I want to roll back to one player who has disappointed me a little bit. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. His numbers are fine. I just, I'm not feeling the same thing from JT Comfort that I did in previous years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's, maybe he just breaks, breaks out of a funk and starts scoring like crazy. But I feel like he has more to give. Totally agree. Um, I, I've been critical of him in the past, and then he shows these glimpses of like, okay, maybe he's finally turned the corner, um, and he'll give you that for a game or two, and then he kind of disappears again for a and handful. And I'm reading on a curve here because he is he's endeared himself so well over the last couple of years that I'm grading on a, the curve for him is way different from a Tyson Jost. If Tyson Jost was putting up GT Comfort numbers, I would oh. be ecstatic. I'd oh, be my God. over the moon. Hundred oh, easily, hundred percent. Just because the way Comfort is, has endeared himself, the role that he's played, and the versatility that he's shown, I have come to expect more of him. Yeah, and I think we were all expecting that he had a really good playoff last year. He had a pretty good run in the playoffs, and we kind of thought, I, at least I did, again, like, okay, maybe he's just going to carry that on into this season, and it just hasn't hasn't stuck for some reason. I I, I don't know the answer to it, but. But if your biggest problems are on the fourth line, you're doing pretty, pretty yeah. okay. Yeah, no, you can't complain about that. You're right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So tell me about some some predictions. Like, what do you think the Avalanche are going to finish out at? How far do you think they'll go? I, I'll, I'll lay it all on the table here. I think they grab the second seed in the Central, mm-hmm. and they face Nashville in the first round. You think Nashville's going to improve? New coach. I feel like they get a little bit of a boost, and then they ride a wave. Uh, everything in the central is pretty neck and neck. So if you, one team gets hot, they're going to snag a third seed. Right. Okay. Um, so and, I think, go ahead. Uh, I think Nashville is your, your team that you're facing. I think at the trade deadline, the abs get Chris Kreider. I, I'm, I would agree with that. I would, at least I would hope that's who that, that's who I want them to shoot for. Definitely. I mean, get them a little bit more size and skill mm-hmm. all the way through the third line. Um, the trade I have in mind is Tyson Joe's plus some pieces mm-hmm. out there. New York really needs some centers, and Tyson Joe's really needs to play center. So it seems like there's a natural fit there. Yeah, I, I, I like that move. So, and then as far as the playoffs go, how far do you think the Avs can can take it this year? I don't think they get past St. Louis. That mm-hmm. the whole reason that would get Kreider is the idea to do that. If right. they get past St. Louis, it comes on Grubauer, McCarr, and McKinnon. Yeah. Those, yeah, those think, three have to be huge to beat St. Louis. Yeah, it, it, it's not, you know, it's no secret that St. Louis is going to be uh, the tower that you have to bring down. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and he said, you know, who, yeah, if even though the Avalanche are struggling a little bit right now, who can really beat them four games? And really the only answer that I can think of is St. Louis. And uh, 
There's a few yeah. teams I can see do it. I could see um, Arizona just frustrate the crap out of them. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it, you're right. Arizona would frustrate them. I feel like it, Colorado could could make some adjustments and figure them out, but it would be a dogfight. I would give you that, yeah. Um, honestly, I think Vegas could do it just because they have a special combination of they have an elite goaltender and they have some good scorers on all on three lines. Mm-hmm. And then they have guys like Ryan Reeves who would just break down the doors. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, but no, by no stretch of imagination is it going to be easy, but um, we'll see. And they, there's also a scenario where the magic of Bennington just breaks and they, <laughs> they fall in the first round. Exactly. Exactly. So and we shall see. anything can happen. So expect Absolutely. to be in a hundred percent. So, and one final question for you, obviously being an avalanche fan, I'm sure you have built up some, memorabilia or anything like that is there anything that is like a avalanche prized possession of yours that you own uh i have two things that i'm very very happy to have i have a patrick Waugh signed plaque oh nice um actually i'm gonna amend this i have three things i also have um my wife technically has it because it was given to her her favorite player is was milan hayduk and okay. we got a six a stick signed by him Oh, very nice. And then an odd piece of memorabilia. I have it's replica jerseys, but I I have a replica jersey of every number of the ass have retired. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Very nice. And these are all on display. You have like a man cave or something like that. They're not on display yet, but they will be shortly. All right. And I guess, you know, you mentioned uh, jerseys. I know it's not official, but what do you think of these? Uh, Stadium Series jerseys that are supposedly what they're going to wear. Uh, like them or like them or hate them. I will not buy one. You're not <laughs> because you hate them, or you just because they're just not a jersey I would wear. They don't. <laughs> look. Uh, and the fact they haven't been released yet kind of tells me something. Do you think they're kind of listening to the masses and kind of scrambling to uh, make adjustments? It kind of feels like that. I mean, it does, how it? many stadium series games have gone this long without releasing the jerseys? It's, I mean, it's right around the corner. So I think for the stadium series game against Detroit, we got those. Did we get those before Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm, sh- yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, and, and and that was end of February when that game was played. So I don't know I don't what's know going if on. You saw the mock up that someone did where it was a gray jersey. It had the um u.s air force the star on the i've shoulder. seen that that's solid that one if that was the stadium serious jersey i would buy it yeah because that one is sharp uh yeah it, it pays homage to the air force academy and the air force and still keeps true your to the color scheme and the the way the jerseys have looked in the past I, I would I, buy that one i'm in agreement with you totally agree so I don't know. They're saying they'll have an announcement soon, or at least I've heard they haven't said it. And just through the you know media wire, people are saying like we'll have an announcement soon. So I mean, they have to. It's what, a <laughs> they got to go out and wear something. So I mean, I is know. it going to be shirts and skins? Or I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we shall see. But uh, yeah, Aaron, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, if you're open for it, we'll definitely have you on sometime in the future, maybe before the playoffs start. That'd be awesome. Thank you.
All right, man. Appreciate it. And have a good one. Thank you. You do the same. All right. And we will be right back in a second. All right. So there you have it, guys. Big thank you to Aaron for coming on for the inaugural Fandom Friday segment. Um, and yeah, if that's something that you want to take part in, please email me, lockedonavalanche at gmail.com. Uh, we'll schedule time for you to come on and just wrap back and forth Colorado Avalanche, anything you guys want to talk about. So uh, so that's going to be it for today, guys. Um, didn't really have any time to kind of go into any pregame on the Penguins game, but they're playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're at home. They need a win. End of story. Uh, we don't need to go into any numbers. Let's just go get a win. How about that? So that's going to be it for today and the week. Have a good weekend. And go abs. Let's get some victories. And we will see you guys back here on Monday. Take care. Here's Joby. Go abs, go.